Hello everyone, this is the Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. Welcome everyone, this is a new episode of the Audience Explorer and today my guest is Ramli John the famous product-led book author. And I'm happy to welcome you here. Nice to see you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to talk about product-led, audience building, onboarding, whatever you want to talk about. That's cool. Thanks, Ramli. So first of all, to get started, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you usually do these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I do these days is I lead up the training program, uh, product-led growth. Well, uh, product-led. What we do is we help sales-led organizations apply product-led principles and strategies to really scale their business faster. Uh, and really, we're seeing a lot of trends, especially with what happened with the lockdown pandemic. People really crunched their budget, and we're seeing mm. more companies looking to. Hey, how, how do we target the small medium uh, market with uh, some kind of product-led offering? But as well as a lot of enterprise companies now, when when they buy products, it's changed. It used to be this whole buying process that takes six months, but nowadays, especially with end users having more power and more access to their laptop, they know it's not it's not as locked down as before, where you can't install anything on your laptop. But now, larger companies are even allowing. Uh, their employees to install or try out new apps and really this this trend and we are uh, building out this 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 uh, community and education and, and thought leadership uh, yeah. around our own product-led growth with West Bush and myself and the team. Interesting. How, how long does uh, product-led uh, already exist? Yeah, I mean, the entity product-led has been around for five years. It started uh -huh. by West Bush five years ago. <laughs> I mean, product-led growth is just brought up two years ago, so uh, Wes is definitely a pioneer of this space. Nice. Product-led, what does product-led really mean? You mentioned sales-led and product-led. What, what do you Good see question. as a main difference? Yeah, I mean, in a traditional sales-led motion, mm -hmm. we've seen it before with, 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 let's say, Oracle or back then with Salesforce, where to purchase and try the product, you have to talk to somebody. You have to do a demo, request a demo, Talk to somebody to explain to you what the app does. And then when you purchase it, you need to actually have to sign a contract. But mm. buyer mentality has changed and we've seen product-led or it's not a new term. We've seen this in the consumer side. The best example I can think of is Costco. When you walk into Costco, you have this experience where you can look and browse and try and you don't, you don't have yeah. to talk to a salesperson to jump in. Then when you try out, one of their samples, like the sample hot dog or the sample uh, ketchup or whatever that is, they're trying to get you to try it before because the riskiest part of the buying process really is not the sale. It's will I find value in this? Because if the perceived value exceeds the actual value that you paid for it, then it's a no-brainer. It's absolutely a no-brainer. And that's what product-led, if I had to sum it up, it's this hyper-focus on the customer buying experience that really caters to their need. And that's where, you know, whether you have a free trial, free moment, it doesn't really matter as long as you're focusing on how do my buyers buy and prefer to buy and mm -hmm. how do I serve mm -hmm. them to do that and align my goals as a business, my pricing model, my revenue model, my organization completely to the user success 
So when they succeed, they we succeed as well. So I mean, that's that. If I had to sum it up, that's it. That that really is it. It's not about free trial. It's not about freemium. People can have a free trial and not be product led, which is uh, a misconception I hear ah, over okay. and over again. So this sounds more like a mindset thing, like uh, than like a concrete practice thing, right? Yeah, mindset is a huge part of it. It's also a, a reorganization or an organization of your company that really, mm -hmm. hey, what does our customer want? How do they buy products? And how do we create this experience, whether that's online or offline or in-app or email that really gets them pumped up and excited and front loads the value so that when they purchase it, they're going to stick it with us for a long time. Like Because we've connected to the value. I mean, in a sales-led sales org, you can usually it's a year contract. So they try to sign a few for a year and it's like, oh, my hands are done. We've already made the yeah, sale. Yeah, yeah. Why, why should I care if we onboard? Why should we care if they experience the value? But the problem is when the renewal period comes and they haven't yet experienced or tried out your product, they're not going to renew. And we're seeing with product-led orgs, their scale is faster. Their growth scale is faster, but it's all retention is better because really people who stick around, they stick around not because of a contract, but because they want to, because it's helping them mm -hmm. do their That's job a much, better. Uh, stronger so, force, right? Exactly. And that that is that is exactly it's a mindset, it's an org design, it's a go-to-market strategy that really aligns everything you have on this amazing buying customer experience for your uh, for your customers. Wow. Uh, how did you get the idea to specialize on this? There must be a reason for that. Sure. I mean, uh, I got through it through onboarding. I, I mean, uh, I was I, my background is in marketing and I was acquiring a lot of users for this. Before then, it wasn't called product-led, but they just had a free trial. <laughs> and what I was like, as a marketer, my my mandate was to get more signups. And okay. I, one of the things that I asked uh, the founder or the leadership team is like, hey, you're happy with my work. You're saying that, hey, I'm getting signups. But I want to know if I'm actually making an impact in the revenue. I'm making an impact in the sale. And what what digging into the data, I realized a lot of the people who are signing up are not actually sticking around. Mm. And really, like it's it's this disconnect with like, hey, marketer, you're getting sign up. And I started digging into how to solve this problem. How do we align this org that marketer sales and customer success and product are completely aligned? And that's where what that led me into product led growth in. Wes Bush, uh, I ended up reading Wes Bush book and I found out he, we, we both went to the same school, like in different years. So we both went to University of Waterloo and really that's, that's been the journey I've been at. It's like helping companies, uh, fight, just getting users, especially for marketers really uh, drive home the point that, Hey, let's get more people actually, uh, using your product and falling in love with it and not just getting users signups. Yeah, interesting because user sign up is not, yeah, it's not a goal in itself, right? It's nice mm. if they sign up, of course, but if they don't stick around, then then uh, nothing has been done, right? Hundred um, percent. Is is a product led more an academy, a community, a consulting firm? What what is it exactly? Yeah, it's funny we were we've just been talking about this. Uh, I mean, what we see ourselves is yes, definitely a community, but. On a larger sense, whether that's community, whether that's training, uh, we we don't do any uh, consulting anymore at this moment. We do have mm -hmm. a network of consultants. Mm -hmm. We see ourselves as uh, a way uh, we an enabler and to empower 
product-led uh, leaders in their, in their organization that's very sales-led. Uh, we provide them with training. We provide them with community to get their questions answered. Uh, and really just like, how do we help that? One, it usually starts with one person in an organization to say, hey, maybe we should be looking at this product-led growth thing. And they buy Wes's book. And then now they're like, what do we, like they get this all these ideas in their mind and they get super excited. Well, how do I actually apply this to my business? How do I get everything aligned? And that's where the middle, we are the messy middle. We, we, we help people work through the messy middle of, of transitioning from sales side to product side with, with everything that we do. Ah, the messy middle. I like that. Yeah, it, it describes exactly what happens when you <laughs> when you go from a very structured uh, sales-led process to to a more unstructured product-led process, and you have to go through this middle. Yeah, that's right. And it also sounds more like like business-to-business -business, uh, markets, right? That you work for. Mainly, I mean, because the pro business to consumer have already figured this out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like look at all the apps in the B 2 C or uh, space. Like uh, uh, when I say B 2 C, maybe B B to professional consumer, like Evernote yeah, yeah. and Dropbox and uh, and Netflix, like all this stuff, Spotify. Like they they know that consumers have low buying tolerance, uh, and B 2 B is just trying to play catch up, and that's usually ah. where we end up helping the most is the business to business uh, companies just because they're like, they're, they're so ingrained in them to just like, let's just hire more salespeople, get more MQLs, marketing qualified leads, get more sales qualified leads and get more calls, get more demos. Oh yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and definitely there's, there's a, a better way to do it. And how did you get the first customers for your, for your company? When, when, when you think back in the, in the time where you get your first customer where did they come from for sure I, i mean before we started you were talking about audience building it really is that's how we started uh that's just how we started mm. he built this audience he built this this community and it started off by positioning himself as a thought leader with his book the product led growth mm -hmm. uh, and he one of the first steps to to build getting our customer and uh, building the audience because they're totally in line is offering a ton of value for free upfront. Like we're trying to be product-led with product-led itself. Uh, and so we offered free summit where we invited speakers to come speak from Netflix, Dropbox, all these people who are pioneers in product-led, offered all of those talks absolutely for free. And that built up our, our, our email list. Like with one summit, we got 5,000 emails. Uh, and really that, that allowed us to to scale up and really like when, when, when we came out with our training program for the first time, uh, last June, June, 2020, uh, we, we didn't have any problems getting like 60 or 70 people to, to join us. Uh, and really just because we, we built that audience right from the get go by positioning, positioning ourselves as we want to help you. We want to help you with this. And that got people to really resonate that, you know, they're consuming free stuff then they'll flow down eventually to to sign up for one of our training programs. Wow, that's really the, the power of an audience. Uh, uh, did you use any media to build this audience? Did, did you have simply have a website or did you use uh, Twitter or Facebook or whatever? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one is, uh, you know, that summit, the summit is where we threw everything at it. Like we had Facebook ads, we had LinkedIn ads, and we had uh, we had a blog for sure uh, mm -hmm. where 
where we built it is our email list. That is our community and Slack. Yeah. So the Slack. And we're really like, that summit was the thing that really kickstarted the whole community because it really identified a problem that the audience was having around mm -hmm. product-led growth. Mm -hmm. And when you build an audience around a problem or a need uh, or a pain point, that's that's when they really resonate with you, uh, in this case, with Wes Bush as the one that can help them uh, through, once again, going back to the the messy middle, like we, we, yeah, yeah. we, we've created that space, the community space, uh, on Slack as well as email and uh, our blog is where we really doubled down in terms of growing our audience. Um, this sounds like the people already, uh, wanted to make the transition from sales led to product led, right? They, um, if somebody wants to go through this messy middle, they have to know that there exists such a messy middle. Um, is it, was there already some previous knowledge on the on the customer side? That's a great question. Um, I forgot what model it is where like you start off with um, problem unaware. Like people yeah. who don't know they have yeah. a problem and then Schwarz, it's problem yeah. aware. Yeah, yeah, I swash, you got it. Uh, and definitely like we, we targeted the ones that were already like uh, problem aware that they already like, hmm, yeah. our CAC is going out. Like our sales, our sale revenue per employee is... Uh, decreasing and uh, we're, we're seeing competitors in our space releasing freemium or free product. Uh, and we're just, we just, this, this is not, there's gotta be a better way. Like they already mm -hmm. know a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so the problem and, and they just, they start looking around and we rank for several keywords. Usually when people get stuck, uh, they, they either Google something or ask a friend. And that really is uh, where, it, where you're right like originally it's already people who have who are problem aware and for a lot of uh, a lot of audiences uh you want to double down on those first i had a chance to talk to louis grainier he he's a podcast host for everybody hates marketers oh uh, yeah. and he built his audience around <laughs> this yeah uh, and he and really he does his point and my point as well don't focus on the ones that are problem unaware like right. you're gonna have a hard time trying to convince them already find the ones that have uh, are already problem aware they're looking starting to look for solutions those are your people those are the ones that yeah, you want to yeah. attract first because exactly. they're going to create the culture from the get-go and the um the people who were already problem aware what do you think how do they call themselves what's their role name that they use from the for themselves Oh man, that's another, like we're, we're going through this exercise as well right now. I mean, it's, we've realized that it's not a job title. Like we, it's not, yeah. we we're in our program. We've seen people from customer success, from sales, from marketing, from the leadership team. And really it's this, uh, they're the, our, our ideal customer profile or ICB or ideal community member profile yeah. is ones who are the ones leading or they're the first one, they're the genesis of product led in their organization. Uh, and, and they're really like championing it in the organization. They're probably already read Wes's book. Cause if you're, if you Google product led growth, <laughs> first, one of the only books on product led growth is, is Wes, Wes's book. Uh, and really like that's uh, that's a signal for us that they're problem aware or they're starting to look for a solution is have you read Wes's book uh, <laughs> and, and really that's like a signal for us that hey you're 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 probably a fit for our community as well as to our some of our training programs 
That's amazing. So these people are kind of scouts, you said, you, or, or, or champions, right? The first ones yeah. who uh, have this idea in mind that they want to go product-led and and uh, are pulling the rest of the organization behind themselves. Yeah, 100%. Looks like that. Yeah, it is. We actually have a nickname for them as well. We call them the product-led growth trailblazer. Yeah, the trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, was made that out. It just they're the they're the one pioneering and blazing the trail for the organization, uh, from this new old way to the new way. Yay. That's cool. Um, and how do you develop this audience further now they had, that you have them? What do you um, regularly do for them to keep uh, to keep them engaged, to keep them developing, going forward and so on to grow? What do you do there? This is another thing that we've been thinking a lot about, about intentionality. I mean, before I can tell you about what happened we did before. A lot of the effort was around summits or product-led summits mm -hmm. where we do three or four a year. And in between, it's very quiet. It's like a very quiet space. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, in this, that's events. Now we're trying to look at doing it weekly. Where um, we're actually looking to to have somebody take that on full time. This whole community success. Uh, we've done a few networking events or like just meetups mm -hmm. around like topics like product qualified leads. But really, like this, we're I'm we're now looking for consistency because like. Uh, how do you bring this online community uh, together in some way to celebrate something? Right. I mean, that's the event side. I mean, the community side on Slack, uh, it's like just right from the beginning when people introduce themselves, uh, it's like really jumping on and encouraging. Uh, there's a saying that you become what you celebrate. So the more that you celebrate mm -hmm. something, the more that your community will follow that behavior, the audience will follow that behavior. So one thing I've started doing on Fridays, it's just... Uh, highlighting all the people who introduce themselves because an audience or a community is very much like a party. You come into yeah, the party, yeah. right? Uh, it's it, to introduce yourself to the people is very nerve wracking. It's very uh, risky because somebody could be like, "Oh, uh, Ramley, you suck." <laughs> but but uh, but like it's risky. So it's how do we encourage them and make them feel comfortable, like uh, as hosts of this party, right? To make people feel comfortable to introduce themselves and not just introduce themselves to ask a question to drop a link about value or to share what they know uh, and really get that going so one of the things we do is just really encourage that we reply back as quickly as possible i know i know and now we have people in the community who are the ones replying so we celebrate i celebrate that as well in the friday every friday i message uh we do an announcement thank you to all the people who responded to questions here are their names so I'm thanking them to the community because they've been so generous of their time to wow. respond to questions. Do you do that on, on Slack where, where the people hang out? Yeah, yeah, I do. Every, um, there's an announcement channel. Uh, it's just every Friday I would be like, here are all the new intros. Welcome. if uh, Everybody, welcome them. Introduce uh, They've introduced themselves. Here are, all the, here are the top three questions we've gotten. Thank you for asking questions. So now I'm encouraging that. Uh, here are all the replies. Mm. Here are all the people who responded to questions. Thank you so much. Uh, and then here are all the job postings that our community members have posted up in the job posting area. So it's really like I'm, this is, this is an experiment, right? Where I'm trying yeah, to encourage yeah. and celebrate people in the, in the community for uh, doing things that uh, most, our tendency is to lurk. 
our tendency is not to, it, it, the status quo is to do nothing. Yeah. And these right. people have, have, have stepped up. So, uh, I, I do it every, every Friday on Slack in the announcement channel. I like that. I, I find that fascinating because you're doing two things at the time. First, you're offering a kind of space, a protected space where people can speak up and, and can you encourage them to speak up. And you also uh, offer a kind of attractor, right? Uh, in the middle, there's something, there's a, a reason for people to come back uh, because, for example, the questions or the job board or whatever. So you have a space and an attractor in the middle. I really like that. I love that analogy. I might I might use that <laughs> somewhere. That's a good way to put it. That's really cool. Um, what what made me uh, um, aware of you was your book uh, with with Wes uh, these days about onboarding. Uh, because I'm a SaaS owner, I'm a very young SaaS owner, <laughs> although I'm old as a as a man. But um, the the SaaS is young. I started out in October, um, building in public. And now I'm in the middle, right in the middle of onboarding new users. And it's a, such a hard thing, I find. It's, a, it's a really a problem to onboard users and to yeah. make them aware of what this thingy can do for them and who they are going to be if they use it. So it's really, uh, I have such a hard time. And, and I saw your book coming out and thought, oh, yeah, let's get this onto the Kindle. Let's read it. And I'm right in the middle, I think five five or six chapters into it. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more to our listeners about, about this book you, you have written? Yeah, the book Product-Led Onboarding is something that we have implemented and applied to companies that we work with uh, to implement, uh, improve their user onboarding. Uh, it's also something that we've taught to people in Mixpanel, Microsoft, and, and Ubisoft and other places. Really, like it's a six-step framework or process or mm -hmm. uh, evolution where you go from you know this is this is here are here are the six steps you should be doing to really uh, improve your onboarding. First one is to establish an onboarding team. Uh, second one is to understand what success looks like for your users. Uh, third is to refine those milestones uh, for your onboarding. Uh, fifth is uh, so that's R. This A is to analyze and optimize your experience. K is to keep new users uh, engaged in your app, and A is to apply and repeat. Now, those six, those six things. If you take the first letter, spells out Eureka, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it helps me remember even now. I'm like, what's that for? Oh, that's yeah. an A. Oh, yeah, that's uh, analyze and optimize your new user uh, flow. So, I mean, that's that's a framework that I've created just as a, a, a mnemonic, uh, a, a way to remember easily. It's yeah. a six-step Eureka framework that. Uh, if you go through it, uh, there's a higher likely chance that you're going to be able to improve your, your onboarding experience uh, for users. What, what I found particularly interesting was um, you said in the book somewhere, or I, I read it like that, that if you don't know what your users find important or what, they, what job they want to get done um, or what what their success criteria are. So in principle, if you don't talk to your users, for example, you won't know that and you won't, you will uh, guide the onboarding process into a direction, into an unknown uh, area. I found this very impressive. So ask, ask the people first and, um, mm. and find it out, right? I love it. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, often when we think about product tours, the first thing people talk about uh, when people think about onboarding, the first people think people think about is product tours. 
let's just slap on a product yeah. tour and that will yeah. improve our onboarding. But like to your point, if you don't know what success is for your user, if you don't understand what is it they're trying to do, what is it you, you call it customer job, what is it that they're trying to hire your product to do, then you might be directing that the tour to the wrong place. And you, what, often what happens when you don't know what you users truly want is a product tour becomes, uh, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this button, what it does. Yeah, one feature, <laughs> another here. feature. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's like, oh, here... Here is all that we do and the way that it matters and they force it. The, the way that I think about it, uh, going back to that Costco analogy, you walk into Costco and some random employee from Costco grabs your hand and tells you, hey, I'm going to give you a product tour. Look at this. Look at this, honey. Look at this uh, tater tots. Look at this chair. Like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's better to ask user people as people coming in. Hey, what are you looking for? Are you looking for food? Are you looking for meat today? Are you looking for some chairs today? Oh yeah, it's right there, aisle number five. So it's a more aligned. If you ask users or find out what that is, what are you looking to do today? It's you have I that that alone will really improve. Like it'll it will improve your onboarding if you just straight up find out what people are looking for and get them there uh, as quickly as possible. I I think I even made this mistake um, because um, my product has a has the goal of helping people uh, establish an audience on Twitter. So first thing uh, that I'm trying to get them to is create an audience. Audience is a, a special thing in the app. And the next thing is fill the audience with people. The next thing is analyze the con conversations of those people. Fourth thing is engage with, uh, with the people now that you know uh, what the conversation is about. So it's more or less a feature tour, although I'm trying to um, to guide people towards the value that they get. So it's a little bit mixture of both. I'm I'm not sure I got it, I got it right. Though more customers in customer interviews will tell me so, uh, whether or not. Sure, <laughs> it's hundred percent. And I love that you're looking at user interviews. I mean, uh, that will bring you the insight. I mean, it's one simple trick as well that uh, that I've talked to people from Accus as well as Andrew Kaplan from HubSpot and uh, Postscript and Wistia is as people, as soon as people log in, if you uh, right in the early stage, as you're building out your onboarding, just do a little uh, in-app survey uh, and you can use Hotjar or something that just pops up on the mm -hmm. site mm -hmm. and just ask a simple question. Like what, what, what are you trying to do today? What is, what is your goal or what are you trying to achieve with my app today or whatever that is, whatever your app name is. And then you start seeing patterns. You're starting to see, oh, that's what they're trying to do uh, with here. Uh, and guy, you're using. In, uh, gl I'm glad you're doing interviews as well. You're really finding that pattern as to what people are trying to do uh, with, with with your app. This brings me to an interesting question. What do you think are the most effective uh, patterns to use in onboarding? Is it surveys? Is it um, these these uh, wizards that guide you through right. the process? Or is it videos? Is it emails, like onboarding mm. emails? Yeah. What do you think would be uh, effective patterns? Yeah, I mean, just one principle that, that would be uh, super effective, regardless of what tool you use, is really find out your users uh, learning style uh, and what I mean by that is onboarding is, is learning and mm -hmm. some people like to learn with videos but some people hate it I'm not I'm not sure yeah. about you, if you yeah. Hate it. Yeah. some people like reading I mean if I go to Ikea 
I buy a furniture from IKEA. My wife, Joanna, loves reading the manual, every word, step by step, until she starts building. For me, I don't, I hate that. <laughs> I'm just going to start jamming things in. Like, oh, right. this whole fits here. Oh, I want, oh, that's why it doesn't work. Let me backtrack. But the point is, uh, meet the users, meet your users where they are in terms of their learning uh, ability. And uh, if you have, if your users or your audience are ones that, are not as not not as tech savvy. You need to cater that they might want to want more of a, uh, a white glove uh, guided tour versus some people they they just want to click around to figure it out. My point is give people options, really, mm -hmm. like the, uh, give them a learning style. So an example with product tours, one of the things that that I'm starting to to suggest to people is ask people in the get go, hey, welcome to my app. Uh, the, do you want a tour? Yes, yes or no. And mm -hmm. if they click yes, then let them go to the tour. Or do you want to watch a video from our founder walking through the app? Yes or no. <laughs> so it's just oh, giving them the power. Yeah. It's giving mm -hmm. the user the power uh, instead of forcing them to to do what you think uh, they should do. Uh, and just once they close that out, just make it easy to pop it up again. Uh, and really, it's it's about giving users the power to choose as to how they want to learn it with their learning style. Interesting, interesting. Because I know people, for example, my wife, same thing with Ikea, right? It's, uh, um, she <laughs> she likes to jump in into stuff. She doesn't like manuals. And I'm always making sure that every That's screw funny. is positioned <laughs> on the table and <laughs> then before oh, I no. start mounting that stuff. Shoot. Yeah. And, yeah, it's so good. It, I like this picture because uh, it describes the situation so well. Um, I remember I put a video on my homepage uh, that has uh, that had a demo in it, and almost nobody was looking it, uh, was watching it. Then I moved it away to one or two pages deeper into the site, and suddenly later, uh, a, a totally enchanted customer came around and said, "Why did you move this video away? This video made me understand everything. How could you move this video away?" And I thought. Hey, what's going on here? Some people said, I don't like videos. The, only one or 2% of people were watching the video. So I thought the video is not effective, but some people really like it. It's, it's crazy. Sure. I mean, that's a great example. Uh, it's really interesting your, that your users like, why do you take it away about <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and there's other people like videos are the worst. I, I need to be. I need to be there right at the time to actually watch it. And it's super annoying. Uh, and then it's the same thing with tours. We got this one side of the camp. Tours are the worst. This sucks. <laughs> and there are people who are like me sometimes. We're like, oh, man, I love this tour. This is cool. You're getting me to where I need to do really easily. So you're you're totally right. What do you think about onboarding emails? These days I've, I wrote about five, six or seven onboarding emails, one for each day after sign up. Um, how effective will they be probably? Yeah, in terms of emails, uh, it once again, it goes back to your users. If they, chances are they have an email and at mm -hmm. least welcome them. That's the first thing. At, at yeah. least send a welcome sure. email that's personal. Uh, welcome to the app. Here's how you find help. Uh, here's the next step. Once again, here's the value of it. Uh, and just really get them excited uh, about it. Uh, and then what happens next depends on your users. Like there are some users who want a ton of emails and guidance uh, as long as you're providing value. Uh, you're, you're showing 
other ways to use it or inspirational stuff or you're giving them tips on how to get started. One one tip I have about email is to make sure it's it's behavior based. And that means that you're taking into account what users are already doing in the app. So you don't say, mm-hmm. "Hey, do X," mm-hmm. but they've already done X. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of annoying <laughs> when a teacher's like, "Hey, Ramley, have you done X?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did." All right, here's the instructions. I'm like, "But I already did it. Why are you telling me <laughs> to do this again?" I mean, that's a real example. But if you know what they they've done and haven't done done. Now you can be more like, oh, uh, we notice you haven't done this. Here's the value of it to you. Here's what's in it for you if you do this. Here mm, are some inspiration if nice. you get stuck. If you get stuck is you haven't done uh, step number Y, but you've done X. Here are success stories. If you if you do that last step number Y, uh, letter Y, then you look at the success stories you'll get if you do that. So it's really going back to, hey, I know what you've done, what you haven't done what are ways that I can get, help you to get that? Is it to increase your motivation with stories or is it to make it easier for you with templates or other things like that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's how, that's how I see it. And, and in terms of frequency goes back to your user. Do they want it every day? Cause some users want it every day. Do you, and uh, for developers, uh, if you're targeting, I mean, if you're an app targeting developers, developers hate getting emails. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for people who are building the audience, like what you're doing, um, maybe finding the middle ground exactly uh, as to how frequent they want the emails. It's, it's real. As long as you're providing value, then uh, it, it, it would get them to succeed with the app. Yeah. Yeah, behavior-based. That's, that's a good good point. I'm currently uh, trying to make it uh, behavior-based. For example, if they just signed up and they didn't create an audience, then I recommend to create an audience. If they have created an empty audience, then I recommend to fill it with people and so on. So I'm trying to make it uh, behavior based. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, this book of yours, uh, the, the onboarding book, how was it received then on the market when you came out with it? Where did you launch, by the way? Yeah, we launched on Amazon last uh, June 8th. Uh, uh-huh. and yeah, I mean, it's it's been overwhelming in terms of response. I want, going back to building an audience. <laughs> uh, uh, if I had to do it again, uh, I love uh, what Rob Fitzpatrick, he wrote, he's writing a new book called Write Useful Books. Uh, yeah, Rob Fitzpatrick, yeah, Rob Fitzpatrick wrote the book, The Mom Test, uh, which is yeah. uh, about a product uh, people are, might be quite familiar of. And what he did was he built a community around his book, uh, Writing Useful, and it's the problem. How can us nonfiction authors write books that will resonate with the market? And you release the chapter uh, one at a time. So it's essentially building in public, but a book instead of an app. Oh, wow. uh, and, interesting. And really interesting way to test out the market and uh, figure that out. For me, I started trying to build the audience uh, when I wrote my first polished draft in February uh, and I announced it. Um, and that was beta reading season where mm-hmm. I, I invited a bunch of people to read the, the beta version of the book and I got a ton of feedback. Uh, even one chapter I, I totally removed from the book because of a feedback from one of the beta readers. Wow. Uh, so, so the point to, to, to your point, creating that groundwork very early on and getting people excited about it uh, helped us succeed with, with our sale. We had, uh, so far we had over 3,000 sales. Most books don't, don't get over 2,000. And we did that in, in a week uh, just because of the amazing team uh, of behind ProductLed. Uh, and the community that that the audience that that we built up here at product led 
amazing 3000 and and you said you launched on on june 8th so that's only a week ago uh, yeah three, it's only a week thousand yeah. in a week it's amazing yeah. when you when you look when you think about uh, um product led uh where, where do you want to guide this this child so to say uh, if you think about it in one or two years where when you where, where do you want to be with product led and with onboarding for sure i mean just I mean, going back to your to the point with like me, people with their learning style. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about is like people love books. Um, some other people like to listen to it. So that's the other thing. How do we uh, release an audiobook version of it? Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing is around videos. So I've been putting out more videos, but uh, longer term, I've been thinking a lot about like how we can use videos to help people uh, get excited about product led. We're going back to that. Now, now we've tapped the problem aware and solution aware. How do yeah. we get people up to people who are problem unaware? And one of the things that I've been thinking about is shooting a documentary in 2022 and just releasing that on YouTube and Netflix and Amazon Prime. So like just just establishing ourselves continually as the product uh, thought leader in the product like growth space is where I want to take that. Whether like I want to say whether it's that documentary, uh, whether there's more books, whether there's more audio whether that's um, scaling up the community, that's really where my mind's at with this, as you call it, baby. <laughs> wow, a documentary. So it's uh, it's more like a like a film of what length? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> ah, okay. uh, it'll, it will be most likely between 50 minutes to uh, 90 minutes. So Amazing. It, you know, something that I'd, I'd love to how do we get, yeah the main focus of it is to get people aware and excited uh, about about product like growth as a way forward and would you what would you show in this in this uh, documentary would you show existing customers or would you show the methods that you use or what what would it be that's a good question i mean it could be a series the first one the first one is probably more focused on what is product like growth what are companies which companies are are pioneering it uh, and it doesn't have to be our customer. The, the, mm -hmm. the main goal of that first documentary is get people excited about product-led growth and really like describe what is what it is and how uh, highlight companies who have made that transition to, to product-led growth. Amazing. I wish you very much success with product-led and with your books and videos, audios and documentaries. It's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for being here in the, on the podcast show. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for, for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Audience Explorer podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at GetTheAudience and you can check out the blog at GetTheAudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to Matthias at GetTheAudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.